Hello and welcome to the Bad Dice Podcast. This is the Seraphon Army Book Review Special and this is going to be the first in a series of special editions of Bad Dice which is just going to coincide with Army Book releases as they come out. We're going to take advantage of our position as playtesters and have an awesome group of friends who are also playtesters to invite on the show and hopefully we can get some guys in chat about the books that are coming up and why we're excited about it do book reviews as they come out um put the information out there as it hits as to what's in the books what's there to be what's going to be cool about them why we're excited about them and also some of the experiences we've already got of playing these lists and why we think they're cool and what we think we're going to see going forward um with the book so this first episode is the Seraphon review. We've got Paul Buckler and Jack Armstrong on the show. Um, the main thing I need to know, though, is if you guys out there are wanting to hear this. I think it could be a really great format. Um, we're in a really unique position here, and I just want to share as much information, um, what we can, about what we've done so far um, to this point. Um, want to put it out there in the community and hopefully people are interested in it if you are um, let myself know let jack and paul know and um, get that info fed back to us and any future book releases i'll get a new group on um, hopefully people who've got experience with the book already before it even comes out and you're going to hear firsthand um, some ideas on lists new army lists that have already been played and had experience with and we're going to get a chance to talk about on the show so this is going to be a great episode. Seraphon, I'm super excited about. It's going to be a fantastic book. I think people have been waiting for this one for a long time. Um, Jack and Paul have played a ton with it already. Um, they are long-time Seraphon players and Lizardman players back in the day as well, which is also great because they, they know the army. They know what it feels like to play. They know the uh, what goes into making a good list that fits not only the the rules on the table, but also the feel of a Seraphon army, the feel of a Lizardman army from back in the day. Um, so here we go, on with the episode, and um, hope you all enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Bad Dice podcast. It's nice to be back behind the microphones, and we are back because we have a new army book to talk about, and I've got a couple of guests on the show as well. So... Um, it's been a while since I've been behind the mics, and since then I've been lucky enough to be um, one of the playtesting team. So I've got two of my fellow playtesters on the mics today, Mr. Jack Armstrong and Paul Buckler. Welcome to the show, guys. Good evening. Evening, boys. So, how are we feeling? Seraphon. It's um, what we're here for. We're going to have a chat about it. Um, excited? Oh, as anyone who knows <laughs> me as a very long-time Lizardman player, I'm extremely excited. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to this book a lot. I was playing a lot last year, so something new and fresh will be good. I can imagine. Your beautifully converted army will finally be more usable. Yeah, I think so. I've got a lot more options. Yeah, it's going to be good. I think um, a lot of people have been excited for this one. It's, it, was it the first battle turn? It, it was the first, the, and so it yeah. almost suffered by that fact. Yeah, long long time in the coming. So... What I want to do before we get into things is just talk a bit about why uh, why Bad Dice is coming back, I guess, um, and why particularly we've got Jack and Paul on the show um, to join me in and chat about this new book. So first off, um, Bad Dice basically stopped because kids, I guess. <laughs> Jack knows all about that. 
Um, <laughs> you know, life changes as you get older. And um, I'm gaming a lot, a lot more now. And I thought it was a good opportunity to um, take advantage of my position, I guess. I've got a really good group of friends who are all um, in, a, in a really good close-knit playtesting group. And we, none of us really, um, FaceTime guys do, I guess, but not all of them are all playtesters. And I just thought it was an opportunity to have a chat with some mates about new books that are coming out. And I thought it'd be a really good outlet to, you know, put some information out there, have a chat. It might be interesting for people to just, you know, hear our excitement about new books as they come out. And um, it might not be Paul and Jack on every show. It will mix it up a bit. I think Jack's quite keen. He's, uh, it depends Jack's how well we do, Paul. Depends <laughs> how well we do. We, we, we'll see our FedEx invites in the post. Yeah, that's it. That's it, sure. But, if you know, um, the, I think the more people we can get in, the better. I think it could be It's a really good opportunity to um, give people an insight into what goes on, give an insight into our ideas about books and things like that. I, I'm hoping it'll be really cool. Um, and we'll see how this first one goes. So the reason we've got um, Jack and Paul on, we'll, we'll start with Paul. Um, I think anyone who's seen some of Paul's armies in the past, particularly Seraphon Army, will know he's pretty Seraphon mad. So tell us a bit about yourself, Paul, why are you on the show, and a bit about your Seraphon. Um, so I, last year, set myself a, a quest to win the South Coast GT coolest prize, one of those ones that is a bit mythical. Mr. Steve Foote has had it under his like fingers for quite a few years, um, and I needed an army that I thought would kind of fit that. And I got a lot of Seraphon. I had them back in eighth edition. I played them loads in eighth edition and seventh edition, and back in the day. Um, so I thought I'll crack these boys out. And conversions came, and display boards came, and mountains of skinks for summoning came and i just love playing them just <laughs> just just love playing them i i did it for a purely uh, uh an aesthetic reason to 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 win this thing to win win the coolest but after playing two or three games in aos love them absolutely love them i would say they're within my top three armies in aos maybe top even the best even and my you've favorite. got all of them <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got all of them. Yeah. I've got all of them on the shelf, yeah. Or in all different guises of weird and wacky conversions, as well as the stock GW models, which are lovely in themselves, to be honest with you. I mean, they're some of the nicest kits out there, and they're, they're not that new either, but they're still brilliant kits. Surprisingly old as well, a lot of the models. Yeah, like the Stegodon kit, that's well, really old. It doesn't even come with instructions, I, I found out no, recently, no. which I was really surprised. Oh, sorry, when I say instructions, it doesn't come with numbered bits numbers. on the kit. Yeah, that's so the you go to assemble it, and you go, which piece should this be? And it doesn't tell you, and you take that for granted now. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a really old kit, but it's still lovely. Absolutely lovely kit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Seraphon, you won the Masters with? Uh, yeah, I, I won the, uh, <laughs> with the, the AOS one. Masters with the slightly infamously when um, basically you could argue that Soros was slightly undercosted. And so I thought when I had 80 Soros, I had enough. And then I had to go and buy and paint another 40 for the Masters. And I took basically 120 Soros, which Russ loves and still still remembers fondly, I think, judging by some of his podcast episodes. Uh, basically that with Croak, it was quite an epically good army. And unfortunately now it means I think I've actually got 140 Soros painted on the shelf uh, to go with my 200-odd skinks. So yes, I'm, I also, well, I did feel very prepared for a new book. And then, unfortunately, as always, I'm now still buying and looking to buy more models because you never <laughs> quite have all the different options that you might want, despite the huge variety of Seraphon that I have painted. 
Yeah, so um, since since the early days of AOS and the Masters win, have you played the list much at all in that time? Since between no, then I've, and now? I've tr- the list that Paul's run, I've tried a few times, you know, the kind of, um, what was it? The, the, Thunderquake. Uh, Thunderquake, yeah. Yeah. I've had awesome. a couple of kind of friendly games with that and I quite liked it. It just, it doesn't cut it at top tier competitive. No, it's, it's, it wasn't ever going to get you 5-0. and oh. if four, no. 4 and 1, you could do yeah. but no, you struggle for that fifth win. And as everyone knows, I'm such a, a fluffy, friendly gamer. You know, I'm all about the hobby. Um, so, so yeah, I you didn't know, take you, it. You say that. However, I think I'm speaking to the two guys in the UK Edge of Sigmar scene with the most models between them. <laughs> yeah, and painted me well. Yeah, we've got a few. As yes. long as it's order, I've got it all. You've got all, all of order. Nice, nice. Okay, so talk to me then about um, we have this conversation two years ago and. Um, before you've even heard of anything new for Seraphon, what would you? Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Bitcoin. Yeah, definitely. What would you? What would you say you'd like to have seen in a new Seraphon bolt? What would have got you excited for any changes? Assuming that um, you know no new models, what would have? What would be the thing that you'd have wanted? Um, more choice would have been my first request. So more options out of that book. I want to be able to pick pretty much anything out of there and it to go into a list and i can still feel that i'm competing on the table yeah there were a few units before that that just weren't cutting it were there i think it's not only that the list was very it was very tricksy so you either had on the whole the you know the kind of the pterodon trick you had the ripodactyl shadow strike trick you had lots of kind of skinks to block you off with magic trick the the one drop for a while with the you know the engine summoning trick so it would it never really had an army that could just go and fight you or just go and compete reasonably normally um and so i actually was really hoping for just some solid units to actually just play the game you know go and have a fight with someone and actually be able to hold their own okay now they're both good points and then so since then you've actually got the book you've played some games a lot of games um, wrote some lists, got some models together, and how are you finding that now? Is is that been satisfied? Was was that an aim through the whole project of you know um, that sort of bringing together more of the units? And do you think we've got there? Oh well, judging by my spreadsheet, which I write lists for kind of playtesting, <laughs> yes. And, and it's it's in that really annoying stage where you can't, either can't quite spend the last few points, or you then jiggle something around. And just before we got on this call, I was chatting to Paul saying, "I think I might be trying two of these units in the list now." And it's just as always, I've kind of got the core of about four lists, and now it's playing around with the, the extra points. But I think you know, as we refer to kind of temples, I can't even remember what they're quite called in this. But you know the. The, the kind of the choices you take i think all four of them yeah, spoiler there are four have army lists to them and i've written lists for all four of them and again i'm kind of toying with them and i think there's there's the obvious one which lots of people will jump on when it first comes um and then there's other ones you then go actually that's also if i write this list it's better and then if i write this list and put this unit in i want to move move to this one so it's quite nicely synergistic, but it's got lots of different ways to, to have those synergies, which encourages choice and more model buying. So uh, good and bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you look through when you look through the war scrolls, you look at this and you go, I want this in my list. I want this in my list. I want this in my list. You can't have it all. You get to that stage <laughs> where, what do I drop to get this? And there's, in? yeah. There's lots of buff pieces as well. You kind yeah. of, if you write a, you write a Soros list and you put a Sun Blood and Old Blood and a, um, 
the other one in, and then you try and put the star priest and the priest in, and then you kind of go, oh, damn, I've spent yeah. about an hour on 800 points on characters, and I've got no units to buff. So are you guys trying to build lists around combos that you like the look of? Are you thinking, oh, that would be a really nice combination of units, try and fill that out to a list, or are you doing it a different way? Uh, I think I'm building, like, mini mini lists within lists, if you know what I mean. Yep. So you've got, like, a, a seven 800-point little combination or synergy that works, and then you've got to work out, can you fit another synergy in there, or are you just then filling out with troops to go on the battlefield? Do you need do you, who's going to be your general? That's quite important. There's a lot of choices in the book. Okay. Uh, yeah, I also think that building around some of the battalions is really quite a good idea. So you've either got, well, I mean, there's a, like a, a thunderquake one, which is a, around big big things, and then you've got one around cavalry, one around infantry, and and then also some of the temples or choices, you know, kind of push you towards skink. So you've almost got a few different kind of core concepts that you then build the rest of the list around, which I think works really nicely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. So um, while we're still on kind of like initial um, thoughts on the book and list overall, um, there's obviously some huge changes to, to the book as a whole. You've already talked about my, my favorite way of referring to them, by the way, Jack, especially when it's things like, um, you know, temples is a good one, but I like to call them skyports, especially when it's like demons, <laughs> skyports and stuff like that. <laughs> I think that's the most jarring. But we yeah. really need we need a generic term, don't we? Storm, we desperately storm need hosts, one. Yeah. Storm yeah, hosts, like corn yeah. storm hosts. I like, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is kind of um, so. There's four new ones of them. There's also two ways of building the list. So, and this, that's really unique. I think actually, that's it's the only book I know so far which has two kind of ways that then take you into two each. Yeah. It's almost two books in one, really. Yeah, isn't it? it is. So yeah. are you are you trying so to write lists for both, or are you just concentrating on yeah. one to suit your play style? How are you approaching that, Jack? Uh, no, it really is both. And so normally it's kind of... So different lists fit different ones better, because it's, it's how you want to play the army. So, so we talk about them, otherwise we're almost talking vaguely. Yeah, yeah, let's go for it then. So... Um, Talk to me about the um, Coalesced versus Starborn and how that works in the new Seraphim book. So, kind of put you know, briefly, the Starborn is almost how it plays at the moment. So it's more about having a slam, I would say. It's more about casting. It's more about movement. It, you get a free teleport each go. Everything's Bravery 10 because they're kind of demon lizards. You get summoning. You kind of have all those things. And so it's more about moving units around the table. Some of the, the temples or skyports you have in there are about, you know, you get to retreat some of your skinks, potentially you get to t um, summon some units onto the table, a bit like the old Dracothian's tail ability. Um, so it's really, it's more table domination and moving and shooting, less yeah. combat. Yeah, it's, it's all, all about the ball position a lot with that, I yeah. think, and, and, and the getting the things in the right position at the right time. It's not a slug-it-out army. No, you're not going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with your opponent. Yeah. Well, that's where the coalesce come in, isn't it? You get extra yeah. abilities yeah. for combat units. And so, what do you get so with a coalesce yeah. army? Oh, the, the main two, and one of these will make people be very excited. And it's 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 not quite as exciting as it first sounds. So basically, the main one is the one point damage reduction. So yeah. Basically, every every unit in your army reduces damage taken by one, which in some ways, when you first think about it, is absolutely ridiculous. And it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. So. You play some armies, and we we did a lot of playtesting around this, and you play some things. Like you play Ogres, and you go, oh, my God, this is the best thing yeah. has ever been invented because literally you, you half the damage output of the army, 
and then, then you play Nantua Daughters of Cain or Mortec Guard, and yeah. they just go, we're just going to ignore your... Or, or Zinch with Mortal Wound, and we just ignore your army-wide ability. So it's a very hard ability to point and balance just because it's so binary. You know, it's either very good or completely useless. And what you generally find, though, is they have some things, like I've played against Sinesh with it, and, you know, some of the, you know, all the demonettes, it does nothing against. But then when the big keepers come in, it's more effective against them. So you generally find it is useful. And the second ability they get, which, are, well, they actually have a few more. But the, the second yeah, one I find really one. useful is the Jaws ability. So every unit in your army gets an extra attack with Jaws, which that is includes surprisingly like good. Carnosaurs as well, though, doesn't it? It's Carnosaurs. Well, it's Carnosaurs. It's Salamanders. It's yeah. um, it's Saurus. It's Croxagors. Yeah. It's it's almost everything in your army has a bite attack, which and suddenly and some of them are really good. Like the Croxagors ones on a six to hit is a mortal wound. Um, the Carnosaurs and the Dam- Stegodons. Carnosaur spoiler is damage five now. Yeah. grinding jaws. They get two attacks, three threes, rend one damage two. So it's just you know. 50% more output on the jaws and yeah. yeah it's it's good um so do you think players will gravitate towards one or the other based on their own play style or do you think uh, they will swap between based on lists how do you, how do you see that working initially, initially people are going to see that reduce the damage by one and they're going to be like this is really good and, and i think the- a lot of people will be onto that but after time I'm not sure. I think it will probably end up with a 50-50 split. Yeah. We found some very powerful lists in... Because I know originally when we were playtesting, I immediately gravitated toward Coalesced. And then I spoke to you, Paul, and you were playing quite a lot of games with the Starborn. And we both came up with positive and negative results with each. And we suddenly went, oh, yeah, there's, there's more to be seen with this. And when we talk about lists, Paul's got some very potentially strong with um, Starborn. And I've got some strong with Coalesced. And I've been playing around with each as well. Okay. It comes down to play style, I think, in the end. I, yeah, I had one I list with, so, a, I agree. with 140 skinks in, and I just got slightly bored of moving them all around, whereas the idea of moving around six big monsters and some foxagores was kind of a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, like, there's always been talk of a dino list in the Seraphon and, you know, bringing all your big toys out. And we've already seen Warhammer community have talked about it this week, how you can, you can play Battleline Stegodons. Um, so there's, there's a, ch- a chance for the monster mash, which then as a coalesced army becomes even better doesn't it yes yes and uh yeah uh it really and also mm. if you go into the thunder uh quake or whatever it's called which is like the um the basically the monster temple they get an extra two wounds each as well yeah which so is really lovely this is the thing so the coalesced and the starborn also get their own um their own temples or they, um, they get two each Kotal's claw and the thunder lizards um for the coalesce and um the Starborn get Jacothian's tail and fangs of Sotek. So, yeah. um, so just, you know, it's just called keywords. <laughs> uh, co- constellation, it is actually for the Starborn. Const- well, that makes sense. Constellation, and yeah. um, I'm just looking now for the coalesce one. Uh, yeah, constellations. They're all constellations. So, which part of the stars are they from? Oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> just makes sense. Um, I still like skyports, but okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it gets me as a book that you could. So I'm, I'm like notorious for buy, getting a list and sticking to it and playing it to death. Like even recently, played my Cauldron God list for the last four tournaments. Um, back in the day, I'd play the same Dark Elf list 
tournament after tournament. So this seems like a book where you could dive into Seraphon and just play it forever. There's enough options in it. Um, Coalesce oh, and Starborn oh. are very different. Um, all the constellations are different enough to give you wildly different armies from the same book. And that's really interesting. Oh, oh it's yeah. brilliant. There's a lot of different play styles and different armies all in here. You you really could spend a lot of time mixing between them. Okay, no, that, that's great. So um, before we dive into some more of the details of the book then, is there any major ch other major changes in here that really grabbed you? Um, the magic system, summoning, um, different units? Oh, the the so bound this... endless spells is probably the, the key one. Yeah. Okay, so bound endless spells, basically you're paying a few more points for these. Um but you can only... Um, I'll read the words. It's probably easier, isn't it? <laughs> um, it works the same way as a normal ben, um, endless spell. So um, let's look. We've got the purple sun here. So summon a bound purple sun, casting value of eight. Only Seraphon wizards can attempt to cast this spell. Um, and the main difference is um, only the person who casts the spell is able to move it. Um, so how do you see that? how do you see that impact in the list? It's, well, so, it's things like Geminids, I would say, was would be the obvious choice. I mean, that's a spell that normally you cast it out, and you've got to be a bit careful because that can come back and bite you after you've cast it. But with the Seraphon, they don't care. They chuck it out, and they're moving it themselves all the time, so it's never going to hit your own units. So do you think because of this we're going to see a lot more endless spells in play, or do you not think they can compete in that part of the game? Well, they, no, they really can. And again, what's so good is it's just another viable list. You can build a, a teleporting two-ish two slan or a slan and croak with a load of skinks, which just teleports around the board and casts endless spells. So it's just it's another option. Okay, okay. I, I like the idea of this. So I've been wanting to play an endless spell army for a while, and obviously Daughters of Cain don't do that well. Um, my Legion of Asgore didn't do it that well either. Whereas... Uh, you know, an endless spell army where I don't get hit back by him. That sounds really appealing <laughs> to me. I think that might be one of the routes I'd go down if I was going to do a Seraphon list. Um, I'm just trying to flick through to the, the actual wording on the on the rules. Just um, if one player has a Seraphon army, they move all of their bound predatory endless spells before any other predatory endless spells yep. are moved. Players then alternate as normal uh, remaining. So you, you not only do you get to move your own, you then go to alternating as normal and yep. move every other one of your opponents. Yeah, yeah. So, nice. Yeah, it's really good, really good. Um, I think we should just quickly touch on the summoning, just to say it's it's been toned down from what it was before. Um, you're not it's you're not seeing of about on par. It's, yeah. it's probably slightly worse. You can take multiple slant to get it now. It's the only slant new one. You you can. I I think I think you're not you're not seeing the battery before the slant who's just not casting any spells now. You're you're seeing a little bit of summoning and spell casting from the slam as well, as opposed to the dude just sitting in the corner generating summoning points all the time. So essentially, you get D three for having a slam or a troglodon, I think, as your general. You get yeah. D three for having an astrolith on the table, and you get D three for each slam who doesn't cast one spell. So, you know, you can theoretically have four or five slan in your army not casting a spell each turn, but to be honest, it really isn't worth it when you no. look at kind of what you get from it and what you how much you spend to get the slan who don't cast and don't do anything. So to get I, a ten, I, I don't... ten skinks is six summoning points. Yeah. Um, so how would you go about getting those six? Could you get so, a turn one uh, easy if, enough? If, if, so I would think you'll have a slan, uh, an astrolith bearer, 
and that will probably be most armies. You might have a second slam, yeah. but, yeah. but say you've just got the slam and the Astrith bearer, you'll get six points a turn on average. Okay. Because it's 3d3. 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 Yeah, 3d3. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then um, I'm sure there's some traits in there that would buff that and maybe... No, not really. No, no, no. It's just purely putting more slan in. Uh, I'm not even sure you put the Astralith Bearer in every list now. I think no. You, you, you can't, it, it helps, you yeah. Two, it, three, yeah. If you have a casting list, you put the Astralith in, but if you're just having yeah. a, a normal list, you probably wouldn't. I, I don't think you base a list around summoning like you could before. Yeah, agreed. Okay, that's that, I like that. I like, I like that there's... Um, it's Summoning basically, it's, rather than not yeah, control. It, it helps a bit, but it doesn't do that much. I'd probably say is yeah, it's, it's a little Brucey bonus, maybe. You'd yeah, say. no, good. It's like it should be like most of these summoning lists are like that now, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, or they're moving that yeah, way I, certainly. I, I would equate it to kind of what corn get in terms of their blood tithe. Yep. Yeah, it's probably a good analogy. Okay, so um, one other major change um, I'd like to cover before we do move on. One of the probably I don't know one of the most least seen models on the table, um, but also one of the coolest models in the game I think, and it's the troglodon. So that's had quite a, some changes as well, hasn't it? Yeah, I still don't particularly. Uh, I still don't particularly like it to be honest. Is this it's, because it's, it's usable? A, it's a monster and a, a spellcaster, so it's kind of yeah, like you, not you're, an outlet. Yeah, it's not a slan and it's not a carnosaur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're paying the points for the fact that it's a monster, but you want it as a. If you're buying it as a caster, it's just that it's that difficult place. It's not that it's a bad model or so, it has no use. It's just what do you you know you're paying points for off an ability you're not using. It's yeah. why, for example, sometimes the um, like the goblin shaman's so good because it's a ninety point shaman, and actually all you want a shaman to do is cast a spell. Whereas uh, I don't know an encanter from Stormcast costs more because it's got a three up save and a combat ability but you don't really want a caster to have a three up save and a combat ability you want them to cast a spell yeah. um you know so it's just it's just slightly unfortunate it's like the vanguard hunters and you know, yeah so, no exactly yeah. you're, you're, you're paying for their flexibility but you don't always want it yeah okay no i see that i see that but um i'm hoping you know maybe maybe it's just see a bit more love it's had some it's had a bit of a rules buff it does some more cool stuff so hopefully i, I think it's more usable than it was before yeah, if you're yeah, and if you're taking a list without a slam that you want once a mash, it's actually a very good substitute slam. It's basically the rules are tweaked for it to be a a slam substitute almost. Okay, that's cool. Um, and then any other highlights? Uh, hunting packs. Um, what um, one thing I would note is uh, previously you used to get you used to roll for like a constellation with your slam to pick that it does stuff. Yep. But now you can actually choose, and the three abilities you can choose from are really, really good. They're very similar to the old ones. Yeah. Reasonably similar, but yeah, you get to choose now, which is much nicer. Yeah, which is really good. So, for example, one of them is you can add one to the attacks characteristic of melee weapons by a hero. So, if you're on a mount like a Carnosaur or a Stegodon, everything gets that plus one attack. Plus two, isn't it? Plus one. Oh, plus one. Mixing that up. Yeah. (laughs) Plus one to run and charge is is the one I know, which is quite nice for your whole army. And then plus one to cast or dispel or unbind, which is really good as well. Yeah, you get a lot of choice then. A lot of you, you it seems choose. like there's a lot of tailoring in this book now. I remember when the um, Sylvaneth battle tome first dropped, and it was like, "Wow, we've got command traits." And then as the books have come, and each new release gets more cool stuff in it. I think Seraphon are kind of like apex predator Catching almost up. in that <laughs> yeah. of like. They've got that many options. They've got two different whole armies in here. They've got 
four different constellations. They've got a whole rake of different command yeah. traits, um, artifacts of power options, um, things like that. They've got all the bound spells, and there's a lot of tools in this yeah. book. I think it'll um, it'll be interesting to yeah. see it out in the wilds. It's also, I think, what's interesting is if you look at you know our job as playtesters and what we try to achieve with this book and all the others, but I particularly think we've hopefully nailed it with this one, is making four temples who are all which are all equally as appealing all have viable lists and no none of them you know which all have good combos all have good synergies but nothing too overpoweredly stupid or stand out you know which is obviously always our goal but you know i, I really think you know i could be proved wrong in two weeks time when someone finds the, the completely broken combo we've missed and i really hope not but it, it just it feels to me like there's every option is is good ish and none of them are too stupid and I'd also say that, that in this in this book, the make it yourself kind of temple, the the pick your generic ones are actually quite viable as well in oh, terms of an option. I don't know. Actually, yeah, maybe I for do. for Starborn, I'd never go out. I do for Star for Starborn definitely. <laughs> yeah, for Starborn, yeah. I think I think you can do a lot of what 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 you want. You can make some things, but if if you look well, when we get to it, I'll explain so, what. I while we're on it, then let's dive into some of the details of the book, then. So. Let, yeah. We've already we've talked about the Coalesce and Starborn, um, so let's dig into these uh, these constellations and just see what's what with them. So we've got Dracothin's Tail and Fangs of Sotek. So these are the yeah. two Starborn constellations. So um, Dracothin's Tail... Um, appear, That's the castery one. I yeah, so yeah. One. its main ability is appear on command. Instead of setting up a friendly unit on the battlefield, you can place it to one side um, and appear as a reserve unit. So it's basically deep striking out of the stars, isn't it? You can set yeah. up one one reserve unit for each each one that's already on the table. More than nine away from enemy units, wholly within eighteen of a slan. Um, and but don't if, don't lose your slan. Yeah, <laughs> then, that's you, it. then you lose your army. Lose but if you've army. got double slan, obviously that helps a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, so the slan general must have the trait listed below, and it's he knows one extra spell. In addition, you can reroll one. Casting, dispel, or unbinding roll for this general in each hero phase. So that's quite yeah. nice. So um, you yeah. can cast your endless spells in your own turn, um, unbind them, and all of that sort of thing. You get to re-roll if you want. Actually, With ben, you, you asked at the very beginning what we were almost waiting for and hoping for the most out of this book. And I think what I failed to mention is a slan who felt like a slan. I mean, in the fluff and lore, they're supposed to be these amazing godly spellcasters. And the old slab had, you know, pretty much Sleeping no bonuses and, and nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and this one's finally. I mean, yeah. if you read the base scroll, it you know it's got a base plus one. It doesn't sound that amazing, but the amount of stacks you can get is yeah. quite easy to get plus three in a reroll. Well, with that constellation I mentioned just now, and an astrolith bearer, you're on plus three to cast with a reroll. Yeah. Yeah, and like you say, don't lose your slan. Um, he's also come in this one. He comes with a god beast pendant. Um, first time the bear was slain. On a one, two, or three, it's slain. On a four to six, all wounds are, are healed, and uh, any that currently remains to be allocated are negated. So, um, like you life. say, it is. Do, do you do you feel lucky? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is not a jack artifact. It is really not. I want something perfectly average. Yeah. Um, so the next one's Fangs of Sotek, also a coalesced um, constellation. This um, is going to make Russ so unhappy. Th this is the skink one. I <laughs> this is the skink what one. I would call the skink one. Yeah. In yeah. the first battle round, you become um, Tempest Eyes, it? <laughs> yeah. Plus three to move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so plus three to move, Fangs of Sotek, it's, Skink units. It's the command ability that's awesome in this. And then the command ability, um, it's you pick one friendly unit, 
um, with skink the keyword unit. skink unit. Um, and it's also important to note here because I've misread this a few times. It actually it says it's a skink unit. You can't use the keyword to say a stegodon or yeah, salamanders because it, it does say a skink unit. Yeah, it's quite clear on that. And it, it spells it out of a skink, fangs of Sotec skink unit or fangs of Sotec chameleon skink unit. Whole yeah. of an 18 of the hero. Um, they can shoot. Nice. <laughs> and then on a four up, they can retreat yeah. or make a move. So, so we should just say that, yeah. that the skink scroll has changed. So you can't do your retreat move as per the skink scroll anymore. So that's why this is quite important. Yeah, so it lets you get your, your skinks out of dodge, do some shooting, move away. Um, what other buffs can you put on with that, then, to make that particularly tasty? <laughs> a lot. Loaded question. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so had, yeah. Do you want to hear the skink combo kind of buffs? Yes, or definitely. Or do you want to do it in a bit? No, no, okay, go for so, it. So normally um, skinks have one shot each. With the, I'm going to go blowpipes. We'll say blowpipes. Um, normally have one they've, got, they've got a 16-inch range. If you want to yeah. teleport them outside of nine, you want the 16 inches. Um, fives and fours, no rend one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but you can make them plus one to hit, so fours and fours. And if they're over 20, 15, sorry, over 15, you get two shots. So say you've got a big unit of 40 and you get charged, that's 80 shots on fours and fours. What's that, 20 saves on average? Yeah. But and you can also yeah. make them on sixes to wound take a mortal wound in addition. So you're probably going to take seven to eight mortal wounds on average, plus 20 saves when you charge them. And you've probably done that in the shooting phase, then in the stand and shoot phase, then in the combat phase. Yeah. <laughs> Don't charge the skinks. Yeah. But, so I think but one you, of the, one of the recurring... The up. And one of the recurring themes you find in this, and this is why we always said at the beginning about all the characters, is you can kind of make super units but you don't get very many of them because you then have too many characters who want to do the buffs and lots of the buffs take command points. And, and then also if you hit the, the unit that's not buffed, it doesn't really do much at all. Yeah, so, so someone piles it's, all it's, the buffs on the skink unit and you just say, well, I'm just going to go here and sit on an objective or take yeah. this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, but that's why it's a nice player's army because you can. it feels like you're having control over the game. Mm, yeah, okay, I see that, I see that. So, um, And that list you're talking about, it sits in Fangs of Sotec, does it? Yeah. 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 Okay. So the other things you get for them then is the command trait, um, which is on a three plus you receive a command point, and the artifact is um, pick one melee weapon at the end of any phase, any wounds um, that were allocated and not negated on a five plus is model slain. Ooh. It's basically like a mighty axe of corn. It basically, yeah. if someone's going to have a very good skink slaying Archeon story. Do you remember when that was like the best thing? <laughs> the mighty axe of corn with yeah. Pano. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, was it the reality splitting axe? That was That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Paul knows all the words. Um, so one thing I would point out there is the command trait only has to be taken by Saurus. So if you make your general a slan, for example, you wouldn't have to take that. You could take a slanny normal trait. So yeah, that's sure, that's, that is. It does sit in nice. Okay, so then the next two co um, constellations are both for the Coalesce. So these are very fitting with the imagery as well. So we've got a Source head on one and a Stegodon head on the other, whereas the others were kind of like a skink mask and a, um, I don't know, a Ripidactyl head or something. So um, we've got the Kotal's Claw. Plus one to hit rolls for attacks made by Kotal's Claw Saurus if yeah, they're charged. So 
So I think the most important thing to say about Soros is they finally got a point of rend if you go hand weapons. So if you go spears, there's still no rend. If you go hand weapons, they're one point. So sudden, and also there are now two attacks if over 15 models, whereas I think before it used to be over 30. So suddenly, you know, they still str struggle because they're on a 32 mil base and they've only got a one inch reach if you go for the hand weapons. But the fact is, you know, they can be on, I think it becomes twos and fours, memory serves for the hand weapons yeah. if, um, if, in, if you charge. Uh, with Ren 1. So it's again, it's not too bad. If you're coalesced, you get two bite attacks and two attacks on fours and fours um, from the bite. So it's not bad for a 90-point unit. And, the, and then once again, if you add in the hero buffs, you can make that even better. Yeah. So they're not great, but they're not bad. But they're your kind of your standard, you know, your, your liberate style, style unit. Okay, no, I like that. And then the command ability for this one, um, it calls out units again, like the previous one. So it's just Saurus um, or Saurus Hero. Um, and it always counts as having charged for its um, yeah. savagery incarnate. So even if you're in a grind, you can pop a command point, count as charging, and get that yeah. plus one to hit. Um, yeah. The command trait is dominant predator. I like the name of that. Um, roll a four plus each time it's used um, to get a command point. Um, uh, sorry, that's in the in the hero phase, I guess. Um, oh no, sorry. Roll a dice each time it's the general is used to issue a command. And on a four plus, you receive one extra command. Um, okay, so kind of like the brooch again, command yeah. points back. Or oh, like the, the new the new archonaut's ability. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, the new yeah. archonaut yeah. admiral's ability. And then the last one is um, the artifact you get in with this one as well. Um, if an unmodified hit roll for the attack is made of a six, um, it does two mortal wounds in addition, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and again, it seems like all four, well, three so far, fourth coming up. Um, the artifacts are all useful without being overpowered and, you know, they all kind of fit nicely in, uh, which is nice to see. Sometimes you get things like, um, you know, plus, yeah, plus you're, one to you're, attack on your wizard. That's got to be the general or some, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, you're, you're, saving, you're saving that for the fourth one. <laughs> oh, right, okay. I'm getting there, Emma. I, I preempted yeah, myself. So the last one's the to, Thunder yeah. Lizards, which I guess by the sounds of it is just Stegadon um, yeah. Constellation. Add two wounds um, to all the monsters, which is nice, very nice. Um, the command ability is um, at the end of your shooting phase, pick one of your Basties or Engine of the Gods or a, a friendly hero on a Thunder Lizard or Thunder Lizard hero. Um, Bastildons can shoot with its solo engine or the Engine of Gods can make a roll on its on its chart, which is nice. So it's just, that's an extra, well, depends how many command points you've got, I guess. Yeah. Um, so you can build a, a command point battery, I guess. Oh, no, you run out of shooting. There are, so, there are so many things in this list that need command points. You, I, I've tried a few games of this, and every time I very, very rarely have points to spend on this. So it's a super solid um, ability, but also yeah. very difficult to spam it and still do everything you want elsewhere. Yeah, yeah you'd struggle to spam it out. Okay, cool. Um, command trait, add one to attack characteristics um, by that general's mount. Um, and then you can basically get with, with the um, overall um, ability to get you know one extra attack as well. You can basically make one of your characters pretty much a, a skink hero on Stegadon very, very, very fighty. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, which like could come from out the blue if someone's going, Oh, there's only a skink on a Stegadon, <laughs> and then bam. <laughs> Yeah. Um, then artifact power in that one is uh, a shooting phase. Pick one enemy unit within twelve. Um, on a one, it can't be used again, and nothing happens. Um, on a two, sorry, a two to three, nothing happens. On a four or five, it takes D three, and on a six, it takes D six mortal wounds. 
Um, so it's just like a, a shooting attack. Um, which you know, it's not bad. It's it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I don't think it's great, but it's. But then again, I also think this is it's got this is almost one of the most obviously powerful of the list. You know, I think a lot of people gravitate to this because it's also quite cool. You've got lots of monsters tromping around. You get the extra attacks. Sorry, the extra wounds, the extra attacks on your hero. All of the other abilities are very useful, and so it's nicely balanced. That actually, the artifact I think is one of the least useful of the four. Okay, so artifacts, um, command traits, and all that sort of thing. While we're on the topic, then, yeah. I'm not going to read blow by blow down all the list because generally everyone will have this book in a week, and um, you know no one needs to hear that. But is there any highlights from these command traits that make yeah. some particularly nice combos? Um, do you want me to pick one out of each one? Yeah, like you the can slan, do. The skin So for the slan arcane might, which is the same as you get in Dracothian's Tale, reroll a casting to spell or unbind. So you can just do that as a generic slan. I think that's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, um, so Saurus, um, which um, you or Paul? I, I think nimble for me. Plus one to move and plus one to save. If you're on a Stegodon, plus one to your save. I think they're three up base, aren't they, Jack? So that makes Four. you two up. Four, Four up. up. So three up makes you three up. Nice, very nice. I like that. Um, and then Saurus. Saurus is the one that's kind of. They're all okay. I don't know which one of those I'd pick. I think they're all pretty sort of even. Re-roll None hit, of them stand out. Yeah, reroll but... hits a one, reroll save a one, or on a four plus you receive an extra command point. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't think you'd I don't think you'd you'd take a general to try and get one of these. I no. think the other ones are all better. Yeah. And then the same with the artifacts of power, is there anything really tasty in in here? The um oh my I like the cloak of feathers, whatever it's called, which is basically yeah. on a on a skink, it's minus one to be hit and plus four moves. It's basically a bit of a, a better grip for the charm. Which the is lovely one, again on a skink. Uh, the other one I would steg. I would say is that Stegged on Hell for another plus one to save. So all of a sudden you do get your Steg on a two up save. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With a command trait. It's very um, nostalgic as well. We've got Light of Dracothian, Itsy Grubs, Plaque of Dominion, um, yeah, Blade of Realities. <laughs> all all of the yeah. classics are in here. So someone's been digging through the old um, army books from back in the day. Um, Itsy Grubs, for example, one yeah. at start of each hero phase, heal one wound in addition. So can you remember can you remember what it used to do, Ben? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> plus plus three for the spell in Ah, there you go. Uh and this one does That's give great. you a casting buff. We roll one casting or dispelling for the bearer. Um and in the enemy phase, we roll one unbinding roll. So they're, they're very strong in the magic phase. Yeah, um, well phase. if you build a list around it, and that's what I really like about the book. If you build a list, you can have a you can have a list that competes with any of the best casting lists out there if you build your list around it, and that's what is so strong. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like When you think of a Seraphon army, obviously they are very driven by the heroes, but the book seems to capture that really well. It's um, in, the, in the background and the stories, it's always the skinks you know, pulling the strings and the slans um, you know, doing the magic when you know, tele- telecommunicating over... Um, massive distances and then the sources are getting stuck in at the front and the book seems to be very well structured around building lists like that. Yeah, but also lots of the lists I've been writing have barely had any characters in at all. So I think, again, like it's kind of, you can build your list like that and it will, the army book and um, kind of synergies allow you to, but it doesn't drive you down that. You can go, actually, I just want to have some big monsters and that's also good. No, I like it. I like it. So let's move on then um, into more of like, play styles and list building so first thing i want to know is let's say you've been like a casual seraphim player you've got an army 
um, and you've got a bunch of stuff which was good fun and worked quite well in the old book can you play that in the new book and will it work or does this book now need drastic changes to, to fit and do well so you just mean a general army you had just like a slam some skinks yeah I don't, I don't know really just any of the kind of like good lists from the old okay. book not necessarily like the the really janky um, top tier list just like a good solid list from the old book does it port over quite well yeah. You could you could play club games very happily with your you know three starter boxes of a couple of monsters twenty to forty saurus ten cavalry a slam and some other characters and a carnosaur that is a a very viable army. So you're not skewed down a particular route by you know thinking well, oh I've got to have loads of skinks with a skink hero and this and that well, and the other. No, I, not for not I think for general it, yeah. play. Yeah, I think if you're trying to min max, I think you. My lists have generally gone more that way, but then again, I'm actually now starting to just put some, you know, ten uh, coldborn cavalry into a one of my Stegadon lists because they're actually just a really good, cost-effective utility piece to go out on a flank and take an objective and fight the other kind of light cavalry armies. Unless you had one of those like really specialist lists that you were playing like all of the Ripperdactyls or all of the Pterodons, I think if you just had a, a slan, a few characters, and a mix of stuff, it's as good. Yeah. There, it's it's better now than it was back then yeah it does more stuff okay great so um so different builds we've talked about already it's like you can get a lot of different ones do you think it's going to be a challenge to flick between them know if you're playing a lot of the star host and then um swapping over to the coalesce style list is it going to be wildly different to learn and play the army or do you think there's enough similarities in there still Uh, i think it's, it's almost like playing two different armies I've got one list which I can't quite decide whether it works better as Coalesce or Starborn. But apart from that, everything else I've got, I'm writing distinct armies and, as Paul says, units into one of the armies rather than the other. Okay, so should we run down some examples? What do you want to start with that one then, Jack? Yeah, so it's a. Let me get it up. So it's basically it's a fire lance. So basically, all of the formations you have either a Coalesce version or a Starborn version. And so Firelance is the one which has got three units of Saurus Cav and a Scarvet in, and they both have different abilities. So in the Coalesce version, they get plus three move um, if and charge if they're within a certain range of the, the Scarvet. And in the Starborn version, they get uh, Mortal Wounds on sixes, which is like their old ability. So you've kind of got two options. So if you put them in Coalesce, they're more resilient. They get an extra bite attack and two different things on their profile have a bite. So if, if basically um, the cold ones got up to seven attacks a model, which is, and they're a hundred points. So they become quite fast. Um, they become, you know, very choppy. You put a skink priest, uh, sorry, a star priest in there, which gives them the sixes to wound as a mortal wound. You put a star seer in there, which gives them, and basically, if he's wholly within 12 inches of them at the start of the charge phase, they can roll 3d6 and um, a, a complete, oh, sorry, declare a charge up to 18 inches away. So basically, you can get a very long charge. You put an old blood in there, which gives them plus one to hit as ability. And then you put a scarbet in there, which for a command point can give them exploding sixes to hit. So essentially, my list has all of those characters and then 40 cavalry and probably two 15s and the 10. Uh, along with a unit of salamanders and some skinks. So it's really designed around, you know, you have 15 cavalry on the front line, you buff them up with all of those buffs and you send them in, and then the following turn you do the same with the next unit. So, I mean, what is it, 15 of them with seven attacks each, 70, 105 attacks? 
and they're mostly hitting on twos. If you, I mean, this is something you probably put in Kotal's claw. Um, so probably hitting on twos and then wounding on threes or fours. So it's got a lot of damage potential. But or you put it in Starborn, and the Starborn one explodes on sixes. Sorry, has mortal wounds on sixes naturally. So suddenly it's two mortal wounds on sixes, and you teleport the units in, and then you use the Star Seer's ability to charge from three d six away. So you'll teleport from nine. You go plus one charge from the constellation. So you're charging on an eight in three d six. So again, you basically it's a way of delivering those cavalry. Whereas in the Coalesce, they're hardest to deliver, but they get plus two attacks per model. No, sorry, plus three attacks per model and uh, minus one damage. So I'm, I'm not sure which one's better, but the army is nigh on identical between them. Um, so, yeah. I like that. I like. It's interesting to say these um, the battalions as well. So it's Firelance Temple Host and then Firelance Star Host and the different points as well. So um, obviously because they've got different abilities and uh, even though it takes the same amount of units, um, the abilities matter on the points side. So um, they can come in at different points. So even when you say you're switching between the two, it might mean because you've changed from one temple um, temple host to a star host, you might end up with 20 points somewhere, which frees up a whole new unit to go in. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so what about you then, Paul? Have you got any lists? That... Okay, so I'm going to go with Starborn, as um, as I that's my preference of the two if i'm honest because i'm i quite like the teleporting and the tricks and stuff so this is what i would call my generic starting list that i'm going to start running um so it's not got a formation um it starts with a slan in dracothian's tail so it's going to be a casty kind of list um it's two skink priests and a star priest it's got an astrolith bearer it's got an old blood on carnosaur it's got 40 skinks, 10 skinks, 10 skinks, a unit of three salamanders, another unit of three salamanders, five chameleon skinks, five chameleon skinks, and the bound geminids, endless spell. So it's roughly going to generate a unit of 10 skinks a go. So that's that's kind of what your summoning does. Uh, and then it's all built about buffing the skink units or the salamander units with the priests and the star priests. So that unit of 40 skinks is like my first wave I'm going to send out at you. And it's going to do the 80 shots, um, probably... Charge in and try and do charge 80 attacks. If it can get there. Um, depends which constellation I take. So I might take the plus one to charge. I might take the plus one to cast. I'm not sure, depending on which one I want to do. And then after it's done that first wave, the next turn, I'm going to be sending the salamanders at you. And salamanders now are pretty tasty. The scroll um, works a lot better. They've changed yeah. quite a bit. It might be worth covering how both them and Razor's work. Yeah, so I've got I've got that in front of me now. So um, you get the stream of five attack. It's four yeah. attacks. Well, it, it's almost how you buy the unit. It, it's actually written... It, it's not clunky. It just... It, it's very simple how it works. It just yeah. almost... Basically, so you, you, you buy one you salamander... You get four dudes, don't you? Yeah, you get yeah, four dudes. For 80 points. Okay. And you can still take them in units, can't you? Yeah, so you take units to three max, and I'd always take three, I think, most of yeah, the time. Yeah, because you can lose the skinks before you before lose you the salamanders. salamanders yeah. when you Although, yeah, you have, you have to have the bravery. Yeah, but you yeah. have to have the bravery. So yeah. it's not Six so much of a problem. Yeah, so the shooting attack, you're probably going to buff this with a skink priest to give him plus one to hit. So you're going to be hitting on twos instead of threes. Yep, and then threes to wound. Yeah. Four attacks and model. And uh, sixes to wound will be a mortal wound in addition as well, because you're probably going to do that buff. And you rend two damage D3. D3. But if you roll a six to wound, you're going to be... Uh, six, is it six to hit or six, six to wound? Six, six to hit. 
six to hit, you bypass the wounds completely, and you just do D three mortals off the bat. Okay, so and so you know, three of those is twelve shots. You probably roll two sixes, so that's two D three mortals plus two in addition. Yeah, you get eight hits, so it's probably going to work out five or six through at minus two. So what do you do? Probably six D three damage in total, maybe. Mm. Not bad, it's is it? Twelve inch range though. So, yeah, but you can yeah, teleport to them in starboard. That's the, yeah, that's the trick. And yeah. if you make them coalesce, then they can't teleport, but their bite attacks get an extra thing in combat. Yeah. Which means they're actually really quite strong yeah, in combat. So as well. same, pretty much the same profile in combat then. It'd be four attacks. Yeah. Threes and threes so when what, two damage D three in combat. Interestingly, the one thing that the army as a whole struggles with is rend. So the only thing I think in the army with rend two is salamanders. Um so everything else is Ren 1, so even the big Stegodons and Croxagor, um, uh, Stegs, yeah, etc. They're Croxagor, all... Croxagor, Ren 1. Razordon's tail in combat is Ren 2. Yeah. Um, but that's, unfortunately, it's called, it's called a tail, not a bite. So it's only yeah, one. Yeah, sure. You don't, get, you don't get bonus attack. So so actually, Salamanders are almost quite important because they give you mortal wounds and Ren 2. So if you're facing something like Mortec Guard or something else with a good save... You need something that can punch through because stegs do a lot of damage, but only at round one you can really can just be armor saved. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas putting these salamanders on the board with all that rend and mortal wounds. Yeah. 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 No, it, it really it helps fix the problem. I think I think you're going to see three salamanders in almost every list. Every list. Yeah. And I've got two two lots of those in mind for, for redundancy. Is there a yeah. potential for twenty? Uh, <laughs> you know, is no, it, just, do you think it'll be? It, I, I don't. I mean, I, I've tr I've tried two units. The problem is that they have got quite short range, you know. So they're move yeah. eight, range twelve, and they die. They, quite go, fast. And they die so fast because you just you know you lose all the skinks very quickly. Then they're subject to battle shock, especially in coalesced, which um, and yeah. So they're they're very useful. I think two units is probably about the max because you need them behind yeah. something, but they're yes. only twelve inch range. Yeah, sure. Um, so as soon as you shoot with them, they die back. Generally speaking. And how do the handlers work? Are they just counters or are they just wound counters? On the board? No. Well, they're model. The counters models. So, in terms of objectives and stuff, you've got if you buy three of them, you've got a twelve-man unit to grab an objective, which is pretty cool. It's, it's, and screen with effectively. Yeah. Okay. No, it's. Um, I like them. Uh, they've always been a good unit. The Salamanders have, and I think they've kind of in the the last the last book they kind of lost the way a little bit. They became uh, single point redirected almost. They yeah. No, but, um, but the units now, I think, are pretty decent. Yeah, good, good. So you've got them, you've got Chameleon Skinks as well. Chameleon Skinks, they, they get their... The thing. Um, yeah, so they can... Not, not as abusive. It's outside yeah. of nine now. Outside like, of nine Like now. everything else. Yeah, sure. Uh, they're, they're just good. And, and the shooting's actually quite good. There's another mortal wound output again from them. So mortal wound on six. Yeah. yeah, and they're only 90 points now. So yeah. they come down because their rule isn't quite so abusive. I think I could see me playing these. The more I read through them, and the more I like think about lists. And there's you know, so many good yeah. different options. I mean, we haven't quite talked about overall power level. I mean, I really don't no. think this is going to be. I really think and hope these aren't going to be you know, dominating any tournaments. But I do think they're going to be a lot of fun to play with and hopefully against. I get the impression. Um, I... Someone like yourself, Jack, if you went all in on this book, I think you could, like, dominate with it. Um, but I, I don't I, think I, it's a... I think this is a four out of five with a good player army, which, you know, kind of... And don't get me wrong, as always, if you get a good run, much like we saw Korn uh, podium recently, 
And, you know, I really will try and take this to some tournament soon. But I just think it's a really cool book and I really want to play with it. Um, I, I think the thing is, if you're drawn against someone and you, they say they're playing Seraphon, you're not going to know what they're going to bring to the table until they turn up and get their models out. Yeah, of course. That will be the course. thing. Okay, so what about uh, just another couple of lists from you guys? Anything else you've been playing? Um, so, and then yeah. what? Um, shall, I, shall I go through the list? This is probably what Jack and I were thinking would be like a top Seraphon list, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. Like if you're, you're, you're trying to do well. And it's based, it's quite similar to what I had before, but you drop a few of what I would call the luxuries, the nice things that might not be quite cutting it, and you end up doubling up on some of the really good stuff. Go yeah. for it. Lay it on. So we're going for Fangs of Sotek this time. Yep. So your skinks are going to be able to shoot when they get charged. It's the Slan um, as your general. Uh, two skink priests, two star priests. So you've got redundancy in all your buffs. 40 skinks, 40 skinks, 40 skinks. Three salamanders. Five chameleon skinks, five chameleon skinks, five chameleon skinks. Uh, Geminids, uh, bound Geminids and bound swords. Quick silver swords. Uh, and that rocks in at 1980 points. So it's just under. So you might get a cheeky triumph as well. So there's a lot of bodies. Three times 40 yeah, skinks. 120 bodies. Yeah. Three units of uh, five chameleons as well for the yeah, know, moving around for getting in the way, shooting stuff. Yeah. And... and then three sallies as well. No, I do and... like the sound of that. Do you think a list like that might struggle with something that can just get hold of it quickly and give it a yeah. bash in? Yeah, that's where it's going to fall down. Yeah. Probably. It's probably a better teams list. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, I mean, I, I've, I've played it, and the problem is, as always, anyone who tries to roll sixes or used to use skinks when sixes on to hit with poison, um, sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold. So you've got 80 yeah. shots, sixes are to wound, but because it's the wound roll and you hit on fours, suddenly you're down to 40. You know, it's just, it, it can do really well. It's a bit it dicey, spike. isn't it? I it, would it, say. it really is. And then whatever you're throwing out there then dies. So, you know, it, it kind of it. You you have a few kind of reasonably nervous t times, and also it, it's not a, a grindy list at all. You know? No. So, um, but it, it's got good board it has, presence. It's got, You've got yeah. a lot of bodies, um, it, and you can it's almost, just not low drop. I guess is the issue with the no, board presence it's, list. It's not, but because you've got the teleport, it's not quite as bad for that. Forty skinks can probably protect the rest of the army because you can put some off the board. Yeah. No. Bring it true. on later. So it, that gives you that option. So that, that's that's more about numbers on the board and mortal wound output more than anything. Okay, and then finally, what about talk to me Thunder about Quake. yeah? I was going to say talk to me about the Best monster class. mash. What's um, uh, how's it looking? Well, What's writing, in there? I've been yeah, I've been writing quite a few lists of this because I I just don't get me wrong. It's it's probably one of the stronger lists. Maybe I think maybe that skink list might be stronger as from a pure top table competitive, but this just looks a lot more fun. Um, a lot less models. I did play a game recently and it was 140 skinks on the table. And it was just, it was almost just hard work to, to use. So, I mean, I've been playing around and trying to make the points work on my um, Thunder Lizards list. So basically it's built around a core of two stegs and it's worth saying as well, stegs are a battle line if they're in Thunder Lizards. So it's two stegs and an ancient steg uh, with a skink um, in Thunderquake, sorry, with the Thunderquake formation. And then a unit of salamanders in the formation. Essentially, the formation allows you to either shoot or run and charge or have plus one attacks to everything on your stat line um, in combat. So that's very, very good because the stegs basically have three um, different profiles. Salamanders have one, you know, so it just really is a, a very good compound effect. And then at the moment, in addition to that, I've got a Basilodon um, 
one unit of skinks, one engine of the gods. The engine of the gods is quite good because it can heal all the other things. And then two units of cavalry, um, purely just, again, something to go off in the flanks, hold an objective, screen a bit, um, just do those kind of things. And then one star priest, although I'm still not entirely sure on those kind of last few points. It's quite nice to get a priest in there. But actually, because we haven't talked about the new scenery piece, there's a new... Um, was it pyramid realm, coming realm shaper engine realm shape it that's it and so you want one wizard or priest in there just to be able to manipulate that so i don't actually think my list wants him particularly but it's almost not worth not having one because you give up the fact that you can use the ability on that to do mortal wounds okay um what's what what's interesting about what you guys have both said all the way through all these lists is um you all think the thunder list is good the the skink list is probably better um, but you've not really talked too much about mixing the streams a bit. So do you not think like half of the army being monsters, chucking in 80 skinks and maybe, you know, is that... I guess if you want to go monsters, you want to go thunder lizards because they all get plus two wounds. And then you want to go coalesce, they all get the extra bite attack. So it it kind of streams you down there. And so if you're doing that, you, you kind of think, well, do I put something else in or do I put a monster in which gets plus two wounds and an extra attack? but it's almost encouraging you to go more in on a theme. Yeah, yeah, sure, I see that. And if you're going skinks, you go, well, if I'm going skinks, I really want them to be able to run away and shoot, as otherwise they get caught and die. So why not put them in fangs? So it does definitely encourage you. It's almost basically saying, if you're a starborn um, seraphon, you, you face you're a skink. And if you're if you're living underground, you're probably a lizard. <laughs> yeah, and I think so, but so, Saurus warriors do fit into both in different ways, I think. Yeah, I guess we haven't really talked about them. I mean, there's two formations. So... The uh, what's it called? The star, um, Sunclaw star host. So, in temple, it gives the uh, an extra point of rend, which is really in, good, which is because they get rend one, so suddenly puts them to yeah. rend two, which is lovely. Um, and in and that's only on the uh, swords, not the spears, unfortunately. The spears have no rend base, but it puts them to, their spears to rend one. But all, in coalesce, it gives their bite to rend one, so they, they'll get two bite attacks because they're coalesced on fives and fours. If you charge in um, Kotal's Claw, it's plus one. The uh, Saurus Heroes command ability is plus, plus one. one to hit. So suddenly, and then the uh, Scarvet is... is, is six is six. explode, yeah. So suddenly you're on the, just the bite. Actually, I suppose the model is four attacks on twos and fours and threes and fours. You can give them plus one to or, wound as well. Or one, one. The command abilities. The Sunblood. The Sunblood. sunblood. Yeah. You've, got to be, you've got to be within 12 inches of the enemy, though, which is yeah. quite... Tricky. I mean, I think... Lots of these buffs are very good, but they're also they all need command points, which yep. you really run out of. And then the other one, which I suppose you haven't talked about too much, is the Star Priest. It's basically Thank you. So his ability is brilliant but limited. So it's um, any unit with wholly within twelve inches at the start of the charge phase gets to roll three d six to charge and can charge within eighteen. So it's really really strong, but he also has to be within. 12 inches of where they're charging from which puts him in harm's way and he's like a, a four wound 140 point wizard who does not want to be in harm's way so it's kind of balanced by the fact that he has to be not where he wants to be to use it and so the few times I've used him it's kind of like oh I don't really want to be running him up to be within range of the unit I want to charge with but that's kind of why I bought him in the army so I'm still not entirely sure whether he's got a place but he's very very useful and he also gets you a command point of a four up each turn which is also really helpful Mm, okay no there's there's a lot to be really happy about in this book i think oh um, definitely i think overall we i i think initially you're not gonna, we're gonna have see, any unhappy seraphim players yeah <laughs> i think the seraphim players are going to be uh, mostly 
unhappy because you know people don't like new stuff <laughs> um, everyone else who's not a Seraphon player is probably going to be really excited to be a Seraphon player um, but no it, it's all, in all seriousness I think there is a lot to be happy about I think there's a lot of really neat combos a lot of just head scratching and list writing there's um, a lot of lists a lot of lists people yeah. are going to be writing for these boys so, I think the Seraphon WhatsApp group is going to be going it already mad is. for the next... Oh, it already is. <laughs> Spoiler alert, there's been 3,000 <laughs> posts since like 4pm um, as we're recording on Friday night. <laughs> uh, no, they'll be pretty happy, I think. Um, and hopefully, as people listen to this over the weekend and the next week, um, you know, if anyone's got any questions, they can send them in. But it'll be interesting to see what people think to the list you guys are writing and... Um, it'll also be, yeah, in three months' time, whether we're proved to be utterly wrong yeah. or yeah, maybe Some, so. Someone's got that list that we completely missed. Yeah, yeah hopefully, because it shows the creativity of the community, and it, yeah. it is it is good. Um, so, one final thing I want to look at is, so I don't play Seraphon, but I'm going to have to account for them more now than I did previously. You, so, you mean when you when you run your identical daughter list, you run for the last six months? <laughs> shush, shush now. So, <laughs> yeah, basically. So is there anything in your guys' current lists that you're going to have to start taking into account with the Seraphon book um, in your current list or other people's current list? Do, will anything change for other armies and how are they going to ha- adapt to... Um, I suppose it's difficult because the cell phone seems so flexible. Is there anything you particularly you're going to have to tool up to make sure you just go don't get stomped by not taking it into account? I don't think anything in this book stomps no. you. I don't. I don't think anything's going to change the meta. I think it's more it's that it's a solid army that fits quite nicely into the meta rather than changing or shaping it. My it, gut it, feel. It's a book it, that you can use in any of the scenarios in the general's handbook and have the tools to compete in those scenarios. None of them you go, Oh, I don't know how I deal with that. You can play any of them from the hero missions through to the, the, the multiple objective missions, all of those, it's got tools to work in. I guess the only thing it could do is it could make you think, is it worth taking this, I don't know, this unit with this weapon that's, extra rend one damage or this unit that's um two damage but no rend uh, actually either cases with grand staves is probably the best example although they're not the most popular example uh popular unit you go do i want four attacks at red um rend one damage one or is it t- two attacks or three attacks no rend damage two so suddenly if seraphon become popular on the scene with coalesced you definitely don't want the damage two because I, you ignore yeah. it i guess war chanters as well for um your big wire and your angels, they don't really do anything against coalesced. Yeah. So again, it always depends how popular it gets. And if you start going, well, it's not worth putting this in because it becomes useless if, if I'm facing Seraph in every other game. Yeah. I also suppose um, lots of big monsters on the table and you might automatically think, well, I need a lot of damage output to bring them down where what you might actually need is just bodies. But then you bring your bodies and you get outbodied by 120 skinks. skinks. It's, yeah. It's, you, yeah. You, you don't know what you're going to face when you face Seraphon. But you also, don't. yeah, the, the game isn't like 40k where you need different weapons for different units. So what kills 40 skinks kills a Stegodon. You know, it's it's kind of, it's all about the armor save. And I guess the only thing to mention we haven't really talked about is they've lost their special shields. If people remember these, the basically thing, yeah. the cavalry and the Saurus used to have an ignore Ren shield. And now they basically just all have a better, one pip of armor save, so it's basically it's a buff essentially because because um, now if, if you if you face rend one you're identical if you face no rend you you're better off, so it's um, it's a positive for all of them. One thing I might say is actually if you're relying on a lot of spells 
and there's going to be a lot of slam kicking around who can stop a lot of spells. It might be something that you see a bit less in people's lists now. Yeah, they've got a table-wide table table dispel. Yeah, at plus two, potentially. So they could be quite good at neutering magic heavy armies, or at least stopping the key spells that might be the linchpin of your build. Yeah. Do you think people are going to have to start um, thinking a little bit more about endless spells? Um, because right. it's, it's not just a case of you can mitigate it with priority rolls a little um you kind of gonna have to look more a bit about zoning them out with bodies yeah and dispelling them as well rather than casting your own spells you might end up people burning their cast just dispelling the the spells that slan and the other wizards have got out there yeah you definitely there is a list in there which is you know probably two slan in one of the starborn lists maybe a make it yourself one or the dracodian's tail yeah Matt, with a load gonna, of spells, this just teleports around. I'm going to write some lists with. Um, <laughs> I think I think you slap. It's going to be you do that list. You do slan and croak because croak's great if you teleport him out. Uh, with a banner to range on a bellwind. Yeah, yeah, chameleons, salamanders, maybe load of single salamanders. Um, you know, yeah, I think I think it was super cool. It sounds like you're old dark elves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just jumping about the board and spitting fire at people. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think um, we we could go all night with this. It's such a big book. Um, I didn't want to do a blow-by-blow. Blow. I think we've dug into enough details to give people um, something to be excited about. I think we've covered off some really interesting lists that you guys have been playing. Um, so hopefully people have enjoyed this. So what I would say is if, if you're listening, you've enjoyed the show, let us know because it will have an impact on whether we do more of them. Um and I've enjoyed it. It's been nice getting back behind the mics. I hope you guys, you know, Paul and Jack have as well. That's right. Then, then you'll have to edit it and you'll be cursing the next two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, it is Friday night, people who don't um, don't know when we're recording. So it's Friday night before we are allowed to post this on the Saturday morning. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be up all night getting this together for your listening pleasure on Saturday morning of um, pre-order day. We were, we, were so, we were so smooth. What could possibly need? Yeah. <laughs> Timing's everything. So, uh, no, it's all good. So thanks very much. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it, chaps. Um, where can people reach out to you guys if they've got any questions, want to talk Seraphon with you? I'm Jack W. Armstrong on Twitter. I'm at Warhammer GC on Twitter. And events coming up? Anything you're excited about or going to? South Coast. South Same Coast. To me. I'm, I really do think I'm going to end up taking Seraphon there. I don't think they are the most competitive army in the scene right now, and I've got lots of others that are more competitive, but I just really, really want to play Seraphon. Yeah, same, same for me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the uh, coolest again this year. So me and Steve Foote and Matt Lyons are really pushing the boat out this year. So... Uh, keep tuned to Twitter again, hashtag SCGT 2020 coolest to see what we've been up to. Ben Smith's done an amazing Arkanauts display board as well. So, yeah, if you're uh, interested in cool armies, that should be where you're looking. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to South Coast. I think it's going to be a good one this year. Uh, big yeah. numbers, 140. Yeah, 140 at the moment, yeah. Yeah, no, so no, no, it's going to be a cracking event. I do get the feeling it will be um, Seraphon out in force at that one. That'd be good. Be okay, really good. so I think that about wraps things up. Before we shoot off, I just want to give a shout-out to um, our own event that I'm running, um, Blood and Glory, which are you guys coming? 
first year indeed. in a yes, while. I am. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you, 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 you very kindly changed the dates. Which yes, my wife's just, birthday. just for you. Just for me. So right, it was very kind of you. 9th, 10th and 11th of October this year. Um, we're moving from Derby to Nottingham. So we're five minutes walk from Warhammer World. So if anyone's used to travelling to Notts to see Warhammer World, um, you can stay in the same sort of hotels. It's all in the same area. But the Nottingham Tennis Centre, we... We're looking at about 600 people this year. We've got game systems including 40K, Age of Sigmar, um, The Hobbit, um, Strategy Battle, Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game, um, Underworlds. We've got all the specialist games. We've got an awesome Friday event from Games Workshop. So the Warhammer World Events team coming to Blood and Glory on the Friday, running two kind of mini gaming sessions where we're going to be playing most of the specialist games, Kill Team, um, Age of Sigmar, or all in like you know, hour one hour rounds is going to be a, an afternoon and an evening session. And then over the weekend, we've got the championships events as well. So 150 for Age of Sigmar, 150 for 40k, 100 Ooh, for the Hobbit, 100 for Underworld. So we've got one of the few grand clashes in the country as well. So anyone's interested, tickets are going up on sale on the you can just check out us on Twitter or baddice.co.uk for information tickets on sale at the end of March so okay guys thanks to everyone for tuning in don't forget to send your questions in or um, any chat about Seraphon let us know and hopefully we'll see you on the next one if this goes down well we'll try and make it a regular for every new book release I guess and um, thanks for joining us and see you again soon (laughs) good night good night